Welcome to the Star Wars Canon Podcast, where we're keeping that galaxy far, far away in order. What a piece of junk! There were stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. Now, here's your host, Brian Miller. Hello and welcome everyone to episode 6 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. As you just heard, my name is Brian Miller. I'm the librarian here at the Canon Library and your host for this installment of the Canon Podcast. Sadly, Christopher Stully couldn't be with us this evening. He had a prior engagement that he uh, told me he wasn't going to be able to be here tonight. So I'm just going to be winging this one on my own. Uh, It's been a while since I've done a show on my own. Kind of curious if I can still do it. So we've got a lot to talk about this particular week, a lot in the way of news. Uh, We're even going to focus on some things that happened during the break. Uh, But before we get into that, I want everyone to know the Canon Library and the Canon Podcast has taken its first steps into a larger world. Finally, the Star Wars Canon Podcast is available on Spotify. So if you guys have a subscription to Spotify, head on over, find the Star Wars Canon Podcast, give us a follow, a heart, a favorite, whatever it is. We'd love to have you guys as a follower. It's so, it's so, so cool to pull up my Spotify now and to see the Star Wars Canon podcast on there. It's it's kind of surreal, really, when you think about it. But uh, we've got that going on. We've also got a uh, promotional thing coming up here very, very soon. For those of you who are interested, we're going to be selling military dog tags on the Star Wars Canon Library website with the uh, Millennium Falcon Star Wars Canon Library logo on them. They're going to be $5 a piece, and all of the proceeds for those are going to be going to the Wounded Warrior Project. So definitely keep an eye out for that. I'll let you guys know on social media when those are available, when we get those made, get them ready to go, and when those donations are going to be able to be turned in. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested. We're going to be shipping those out here very, very soon. So without further ado, let's get into some news, man. Let's talk some Star Wars news. This is the part of the show where all we do is we go down, find a few news uh, stories, kind of go through, pick them apart a little bit, and uh, just kind of lay it out the way we see it. So the very first thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I think needs to be talked about, and it's going to make a lot of people upset, but this is my job. I got to tell you guys the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it, whether you guys want to hear it or not. It's the truth. So the very first thing we're talking about, 2018, biggest, most successful Blu-ray sales this year go to Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people are shocked. A lot of people don't believe it. A lot of people think it's uh, just some made up story concoction to kind of save face for The Last Jedi. Look, love it or hate it. Last Jedi has the most successful Blu-ray release of 2018. It beat out Black Panther. It beat out Thor Ragnarok. It beat everything. Like I said, love it or hate it. I know Last Jedi was a very divisive film. It was one that we thought split the fan base right down the center. But really, now that these numbers are coming in, you realize those people that didn't like The Last Jedi, they're they're not as many people as you think they were. They were just louder than everybody else, you know? And, And it's... I mean, you can comment all you want and tell me, no, everybody hated that movie. I didn't mind Last Jedi. I could see why some people didn't like it. I can't understand some of the aspects of it. Like, if you ask Christopher Stolle, he hated Canto Bite. He hated that entire sequence. You know, there, there's certain things that didn't sit right with certain people. But you can't look at this and say that it's made up. Numbers don't lie, you know? So, 
Last Jedi, the most successful Blu-ray release of 2018. It's a very, it's a surprise to me because I didn't think, I, I thought more people hated it than that. You know, it, it's a surprise, but a welcome one, you know, if, if, if you catch the reference. But it makes you wonder now going forward, we've got the Blu-ray release of Solo coming up very soon. You know, Solo only made $400 million worldwide. It makes you wonder what the Blu-ray is going to do for Solo. Now, I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to beat Last Jedi. There's no way the Solo Blu-rays are going to beat Last Jedi. But I can't help but wonder what it's going to do, you know? I mean, because Solo was one of those films that... I wasn't a huge fan of it. Kirsty liked it. She she loved the crap out of Solo. But me personally, just it, it kind of fell dull for me you know and it's just it didn't do it for me so I'm still gonna buy the blu-ray though I'm still gonna put it on my shelf but you you can't help but wonder what that blu-ray sale is going to do I'm excited to see it I'm kind of dreading to see it really if you think about it I'm I'm anxious that's the word I'm looking for I'm anxious to see how Solo's gonna do with blu-ray sales Uh, but we won't know for quite a while actually until those sales really start ramping up if they start ramping up but uh, time will tell so, as of right now, The Last Jedi is the most successful Blu-ray release of 2018. Love it or hate it, that's the way it is. So, let's move on past that. Uh, something else that's going to rile some people up. Uh, Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy is set to receive the Irving G. Thalberg Memorial Award. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is a uh, this is an award for your bodies of work. This is given to people uh, with extremely impressive bodies of work in Hollywood and throughout their entire career. And, and, you know, a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people bashing Kathleen Kennedy saying she doesn't deserve this award, you know, because she, she screwed up star Wars, you know, and, and, you know, that's, that's seriously unfair. Like, like I said, I'm not one of these people that's going to sit here and bash your opinion, tell you you're wrong. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. All right. Nobody is right. And nobody is wrong. It's all subjective, but I will turn your attention to Kathleen Kennedy's, I guess you could say her repertoire, her filmography, because she has worked on a lot of films that a lot of people hold very dear to their hearts. You know, I mean, just uh, let me start back here. Uh, Let's just start 1981 with Raiders of the Lost Ark. She was an associate to Steven Spielberg. She worked on Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, E.T., Poltergeist, Twilight Zone the movie, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, all the Gremlins movies, Goonies, all the Back to the Future films, Young Sherlock Holmes, the list goes on and on, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Land Before Time, uh, Joe vs. the Volcano, which was an awesome freaking movie, by the way, Arachnophobia, uh, Hook, who here watched Hook? That was a huge film for when I was a kid with Robin Williams as, as Peter Pan. That was a huge one. Uh, all the Jurassic Park films, Schindler's List, you know, I mean, it, it just, it goes on and on and on. Twister, you know, I, I'm scrolling through here right now looking at her filmography. Seabiscuit, you know, Signs, okay, Signs wasn't the greatest, I'll give you guys that one, but it just, it goes on and on. Crystal Skull wasn't that great, but you know, The, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, uh, it, you know, it goes on and on and on about this, uh, these films that she's worked on, and it's... You, you can't sit back and say, you know, oh, she's done all these fantastic films that I grew up with that I hold so dear to my heart, but because she screwed up Star Wars, she doesn't deserve this award. That is, that's not fair. The woman deserves it. If anybody deserves it, it's her. You know, she's had this amazing body of work, and, and honestly, 
look, like I said, or like I just said a few minutes ago, I wasn't a fan of Solo. So as far as the new films go that Disney is releasing, you know, they're rocking a 75% in my book, which by any letter grade standards in any high school or junior high, that's a D. They're still rocking a D in my opinion, right? With the films. So I'm right there. I like, you know, I, yeah, one film in my opinion, she kind of dropped the ball on with Solo. And remember, that's just my opinion. Don't don't lynch me, you know, just because I feel differently than than most of the fan base or what we thought was most of the fan base, I should say. But it's it's one of those things that I she deserves it. You know, so what? She messed up, you know, in my opinion, one movie. Get over it. You know, the woman deserves it when you when you've worked for 30 plus years, almost, you know, almost 40 years on films and you've got this repertoire of, you know, these these franchises that we all love so much, you know, um, it's just, you can't take that away from her, you know, even if, you know, she messed up one film in your opinion, one flop doesn't take away the, you know, 50 other things that she's done, so what, she messed up one movie, who cares, uh, my congratulations go out to Kathleen Kennedy, I'm very excited, uh, for her, I think she does deserve it, uh, all things considered, so, uh yeah, moving on from that. Uh anybody who knows or anybody who watches knows that I'm uh kind of a, a connoisseur of the Black series. I know this isn't canon related, uh but I kind of wanted to throw it out there cuz it's kind of branching out a little bit for uh Hasbro. They they've announced their first international convention exclusive figures, you know, figures that are exclusive only to a certain country, which kind of sucks for me as a black series collector but it's 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 kind of cool for the people over there you know if you're over there and you get that exclusive figure it, it I'm truly jealous and for those of you that don't know this particular figure it's uh it's one of those box sets that you open up and it's got the background inside of it and it's Han and Leia arguing in the hallway of Echo Base from Empire Strikes Back which is one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars bar none that that entire argument you know uh and I'd kill to have that that figure, you know, I, I, I'm, God, I want it so bad, and it sucks so bad that it's an international exclusive, but the fact that they're branching out like that is really cool in my opinion, I just, not a whole lot to that particular story, but I just figured I'd throw that one in there, just because you guys know I'm this huge Black Series figure, if you look at my wall over there, it's just covered in Black Series uh, I, and you know, I've got figures on so many walls, it's stupid. So I just want to throw that out there. If you guys are also a Black Series collector, make sure to check out those exclusive figures. See if you can't get your hands on them. Uh, it's going to be a race to it. So let's just, uh, fingers crossed that we can get them, right? So moving on yet again, Disney announces a new book called Star Wars Smuggler's Guide. And I got to tell you something about this book, all right? I'm, I'm one of those people that will sit here... And I don't want to say defend Lucasfilm, but I, I I don't mind the new canon. I don't mind you know the new direction they're kind of going with it away from the old EU. I'm I'm one of these people. I don't I don't mind it. Um, with that being said, this book, Smuggler's Guide, it's going to focus on stories and details about different scoundrels and smugglers, but it's going to be in a journal format. All right, and it's supposed to be a journal that I guess somebody found on the Millennium Falcon of different stories of people who own the Falcon. I've reported on this uh, book, I think, back this past summer. Uh, but it's due out October 30th, and the deluxe edition, the deluxe edition of this, 
is right now on, on pre-order for Amazon for $99.99. Jesus Christ, Disney. Are you serious? A hundred freaking dollars for a book. For a freaking book. Are you serious? You know, I mean, they're, Disney's releasing another version of it later on that's not necessarily a deluxe edition. It's going to be cheaper, but still, Jesus Christ, Disney, a hundred freaking dollars? Like, I'll, I'll stand behind you on a lot of things. I will stand behind you on, you know, the way you handled Luke Skywalker in Last Jedi. I'll stand behind Han's death, spoiler alert in case you guys didn't know, from Force Awakens. I'll, I'll stand behind, you know... I'll even stand behind Battlefront 2. I play the crap out of Battlefront 2. I'll stand behind that. But a $100 book? Are you freaking kidding me? I just, God, you know, especially for me, I'm OCD and like a completionist when it comes to these canon collections. And now I've got to go drop a hundred freaking dollars on a leatherback book with probably like six stories in it. Are you freaking kidding me? God, man. I just, that, that's, that's steep for me. Holy crap. Uh, and it, it baffles me that a book can cost that much. You know, if it's got some lights in it and some sounds, maybe that could justify it a little bit. But it better be able to do everything. I'm just saying. But yes, the, the, we got this book coming out the end of October. Uh, Smuggler's Guide. It's up for pre-order on Amazon right now. I'm, oh God, I'm going to pick it up because, uh, you know, for review purposes. But Jesus Christ, a hundred freaking dollars. I hope you guys realize how much I love you. Man, anyway, let's move on to some news that has got me excited that's going to kind of take the bad taste out of my mouth with this Smuggler's Guide thing. Uh, this is something that happened during the break for the Canon Library over the summer, uh, and I haven't got a chance to really give my thoughts on it. But over the summer at E3, EA and Respawn Entertainment teased their newest Star Wars game coming out, uh, revealing the title to be Jedi Fallen Order. The game is set for release in 2019, and that is all we know. It's set for release in winter of 2019. That is all we know about this game at this point. So speculation's running rampant. You know, we've got you know just shy of a year until this game comes out. They didn't show us any footage, which E3 next year should be when they start showing us some stuff. Uh, but this is a game. It, it could be anything at this point. Jedi Fallen Order. So it it you can't help but wonder if it's there's two possible places this game could take place. It could take place after episode three with the purge of the Jedi order there, or this is something I haven't seen anybody talk about yet. Let me know what you guys think about this. It's possible it could take place between episode six and seven with the fall of Luke's Jedi order. That's something that really hasn't been talked a whole lot about. So is this, game going to follow, you know, Vader taking down the Jedi Order, or are you going to be a Jedi that's running from Vader, or are you going to be a Jedi that, or, you know, that was a member of Luke's New Order, or, you know, are you going to play as Luke dealing with this, you know, what, what could this game possibly be? So, there, there's so many things that it could be at this point, and I'm excited, I'm so excited to see what this game's going to be, and, and hopefully, Look, I, with Battlefront 2, like I said a few minutes ago, I, I, I defend Battlefront 2. Hell, I'll even defend Battlefront 1. I understand where people are coming from with Battlefront 1, but the way I look at BF1 was, it was, I guess, kind of a demo to what we were going to get with Battlefront 2. Because, obviously, they were working on Battlefront 2 a lot longer than they were working on Battlefront 1. And they came out a year apart. I think it was a year apart, wasn't it? Or was it two years? It might have been two years apart. But anyway... 
I feel like they were working on Battlefront 2 and there was going to be it was going to be Battlefront. And then they said, "Hey, let's put out like a multiplayer demo of Battlefront just to see if people like it. You know, we got to get this out for Force Awakens." And then we got Battlefront 1, which was no campaign, strictly multiplayer, had a few maps on it, which was fun at first, but then it got repetitive, right? I feel like that's all it was, was just meant to be a demo to kind of see what people thought about it. And then Battlefront 2 was like the big, you know, whole jalopy, getting the, the canon campaign, you know, and everything else. But with Battlefront 2, I know it, I know it's pissed a lot of people off. It's, you know, people are upset about the loot crate system. And, you know, even though they fixed the loot crate system now, people are still complaining about content. You know, they're saying, oh, man, the game, the models in the game don't look nearly as good as what some of the community uh, mod, uh, modders have come up with. It's a video game. Why does everything have to be perfect? You know, I, it's it's one of those things where damned if you do, damned if you do. You can make the perfect game and no matter what, people are going to complain about it. Uh, with Battlefront 2, I really did enjoy the campaign a lot. I know it was a first person shooter, so it was it, yeah, it was a shorter campaign. But for a first person shooter, I think it it, it lent itself well to that especially with the resurrection dlc that they released later which i'm hoping they release more but anyway i'm hoping that with jedi fallen order this is going to be something that really delves into lore a lot more you know some kind of rpg style thing and you know everybody references knights of the old republic because knights of the old republic it lent itself well to its genre at the time you know it, it worked it's it worked very very well for what it was that RPG format worked well. The story was great. I'm hoping we get something like that with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. But time will tell. As the year goes by, we, I'm sure we'll get more details on this. Guys, let me know. What do you guys think that this is going to be? If you're listening on Spotify, shoot me an email at StarWarsCanonLibrary at gmail.com. If you're listening on YouTube, comment below. Let me know what you guys think the game's going to be. If you're listening on uh, StarWarsCanonPodcast.com or on the Podbean. Make sure to leave a comment on this. Also, let me know what you guys think. Fallen, or, I'm sorry, Jedi Fallen Order is going to be. I can't wait to see your guys' thoughts on that. And maybe you guys can come up with something I haven't come up with yet. So let me know, guys. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Uh, that pretty much does it for news in the world of Star Wars this week. But you know, uh, coming up, uh, we've got a lot of new canon material. We've got, well, we really don't have a whole lot coming up in this coming week, but in the following weeks, we are going to have a lot coming out. We've got the solo Blu-ray coming out, you know, we've got a lot coming out. But in the immediate future, this coming week, on Wednesday, uh, comic book day, we've got three Star Wars comics coming out this week. It's uh, Marvel's Star Wars 54, which I think is continuing the Hope Dies story arc. I'm pretty sure it is, which is a great story arc, by the way. Uh, it's it's essentially the Rebel Alliance finally getting permission to use the Mon Cala ships for their fleet. Absolutely mind-blowing story so far. Definitely go check out Star Wars 54. I'm very excited for it. Uh, we've also got Marvel's Lando Double or Nothing number 5, which personally, thank God that's coming to an end. It's one of those I really couldn't care for less. The first Lando run was absolutely great. I love the first Lando run. But this new one, man, oh my God, thank God it's finally going to be over. And then we've got IDW's Star Wars Adventures number 14. Those are nice little one-off comics. Sometimes you'll get a two-issue run. But definitely go check those out. They're more for a younger generation, but for us older fans, for at least me, I can understand, or I, I can appreciate it for what it for what it's supposed to be. So definitely go check those out. At least give Star Wars Adventures a chance. Uh, the, some of them, yeah, it's going to be a little, a little campy, but it's 
it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, new canon this week that just came out, though, this past Wednesday, we've got Marvel's The Last Jedi film adaptation, number six. It's the last issue in that adaptation. Uh, very, very good adaptation, by the way. And uh, Marvel's Darth Vader, issue number 21. This is the new Vader run. Keep that in mind. There, we, you know, We've got the old Vader run. Uh, from 2015, it ran 25 issues. Now we've got this new Vader run, which I like to refer to as uh, Vader Year One. It's actually called Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith, uh, but I like to call it Darth Vader Year One because that's essentially what it is. So definitely go check that one out as well. And, and the Darth Vader run so far, you can ask Christopher Stolle, you can ask me, you can ask almost anybody. It is the best, bar none, top-shelf Star Wars comic I think they've ever released. And that that's including EU Legends, that's including canon, that's web comics, that's fan comics, that's everything. This comic is absolutely fan-freaking-tastic. You guys have got to go check out this new Vader run. But that's pretty much all we got as far as new canon coming and new canon that is out. Uh, so we're going to finish off the rest of this episode taking your mailbag questions how do you get a question on the star wars canon podcast you simply email it to us at star wars canon library at gmail.com i'll go through and pick a few out and because of the break we took uh we i took some questions in that apparently i missed somehow i don't know how that happened but both questions that i missed were from patreon followers so i feel it is my obligation and it's only fair that as Patreon supporters, they get their questions answered first. So uh, the first question this week, and I do apologize to you, Jamie Holbeach. You get the first question. I'm so sorry I missed this uh, question. I don't know how I missed it this past week, but I'm so sorry. I'm rectifying it right now. Jamie Holbeach says, hey, I saw your August live stream. And when the discussion on, quote, a world between worlds was happening, I forgot to mention Disney and Lucasfilm said that Episode 9 would tie all of the eras and trilogies together. What if in Episode 9, Rey or whoever, find, or, or whoever finds the world between worlds? I think this would be extremely interesting and I'd love to see it return so that we can learn even more about it. Thanks for the question, Jamie. And thank you so much for being a patron, by the way. Uh, it does mean an awful lot to me. It, it, it really, truly does. By the way, if you guys want, go check out the Patreon page. I would love for you guys to check that out. If you guys are interested in helping support the Canon Library, uh, you can show your support there. I would sure appreciate it. But Jamie, back to your question. What if they introduce the world between worlds in Episode Nine? For those of you that don't know, in Star Wars Rebels, the, the TV show that they just wrapped up this past year, uh, animated TV show, there was an episode toward the end of the final season where Ezra, uh, Ezra Bridger, is transported into this world called A World Between Worlds. And it's it's not necessarily time travel. It's kind of taking yourself outside of what's going on. And almost, I mean, almost in a breaking the fourth wall kind of way. Uh, and, and and seeing everything happening in the entire Star Wars saga happening all at once. Uh, in this episode, you could hear Yoda talking. You could hear Rey talking. You could hear Leia, the, the whole, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You could hear that. You could hear Jen's motivational speech. It was all happening at the exact same time. It was utilized in a way in the episode. I'm not going to ruin it for you if you haven't seen the final season of Rebels or if you haven't watched Rebels. And I don't want to ruin the ending of this particular episode for you. Uh, but this particular world really introduced a new level of Star Wars, a new piece of the lore that 
I absolutely loved. It was by far one of my favorite episodes of Rebels. Uh, When I finished watching it, I walked into the living room where Kirstie was sitting, and she just looked at me and was like, what's wrong? I'm like, it was so good. That episode of Rebels was so freaking good. That's the way Star Wars is supposed to be, you know? Um, But it wasn't necessarily time travel they introduced, you know, but it was just taking yourself outside of time and space and seeing all this happen at once. That is something, I don't know how they would utilize that in episode 9. I mean, you you say, you know, bringing all the uh, trilogies together. That is a way they could do it, but I'm not, I don't know how it could be utilized. I mean, think about it. You, You just came off of Last Jedi, right? A lot of the fans don't watch the TV shows, Rebels, you know, a lot of the new Disney stuff. You could tell which fans do when you're sitting in the movie theater, because like in Rogue One, when the ghost popped up, you could see people going, oh, what the, you know, or, you know, when you see Chopper. Last Jedi did piss a lot of people off. You have to keep that in mind, all right? If they did something like that in episode nine, and nobody knew that it was in the series, and it was just something they thought they introduced into the films, a lot of people would construe that as time travel and just say it was the dumbest thing ever. Now, you and me, we're the sweaties. We watch everything. We read everything. You know, it, We know that this world exists now. And if it popped up in episode 9, I'd lose my freaking mind. I would just, I, I would, especially if you you know, had Ray. let's say hypothetically, you had Ray walking down these, these walkways and she's looking through these portals and you see all these scenes from all the other films happening you know, from different points of view, you know, you could see Luke and Vader fighting in Return of the Jedi or Empire Strikes Back, or, you know, you could see Han, you know, in his younger days, or, you know, from the from the solo film, or, you know, stuff from Rogue One, or even stuff from the prequels, you could see all this, stuff. hell, you could even, wouldn't it be something if you could see some scenes also that only happened in the comics, and then you actually see them happening live action, holy crap, that'd be awesome, there's, there's so much that you could do with that particular world, in episode nine, but I'm not sure how it would be. I don't. I'm not sure how well the fans would accept it. Uh, it it's yeah, when I say fans, I mean people who haven't seen Rebels, who don't know about that world. I, I'm not sure how it's going to be received. You know what I mean? Uh, I would, like I said, I would love to see something like that. I think it would like it would really add a good layer to Star Wars and to the lore. And you know, as soon as you know, as soon as that happens, you know, oh my gosh, she could go back in time and keep Last Jedi from ever happening. You know that's going to be the first thing out of people's mouths. Uh, but yeah, personally, I'd love to see something like that, especially bring it full circle, connect it back to, uh, you know, Rebels. And what if even, you know, Ray goes there and in the distance you see a young boy in Scout Trooper armor next to, you know, Ahsoka running down the catwalk way off in the distance and Ray's trying to get there, doesn't get there in time. Like, what if you even saw something like that? It's possible to see something like that, you know? So, uh, I would love to see that. That'd be really, really cool. Uh, and, and for those of you that haven't watched Rebels, you've got to check this show out. I'm actually re-watching uh, Rebels and Clone Wars right now, going to do after shows. I know we didn't do an after show this particular week for the patrons, and I apologize for that. This weekend, we are going to be doing after shows. We're going to be talking about Droids in Distress on Rebels, and we're going to be talking about the Clone Wars film. So uh, if you guys are interested in seeing those, those are patron exclusives. Make sure to head over to the Patreon uh, and and check those out. So thank you for the question, Jamie. That that is something that I would absolutely love, love to see. Uh, I mean, what's not to love about that? Really, I mean, you're going to have people complaining no matter what uh, they do, but you're going to have it. So you might as well just do it, roll the golden dice, 
and, and make it happen. So thanks for the question, Jamie. I appreciate it. Uh, the second question this week co- also comes from another Patreon supporter, Jack Mallard. Man, I'm so sorry. This is the question from back in May. And I'm so sorry I missed your, your question. I can't believe that I missed it. So I'm going to rectify that right now, just like I did for Jamie. Uh, Jack Mallard says, after seeing Solo, I loved it. I don't know how many people can say it's terrible. Uh, my question is, will there be a Solo 2 or a book to carry on from where the film left off? Due to the unexpected character reveal at the end. I'd love to find out what happened to certain characters after the end of the film. Also, I found the trailers misled me a lot regarding the focus of the film. Love the videos. Keep it up. Uh, thanks for the question, Jack. And thank you, man, for being a patron, by the way. Uh, and, you know, l- let's talk about Solo for a few minutes, all right? Because this is one of those films that, again, it kind of divided the fan base, but not nearly as badly as Last Jedi did. You know, with Solo, it was just... Solo was the fallout of what last Jedi was you know so uh, at least from the fans point of view you know I I even saw the word sacrificial lamb used at certain points you know Um, even people looking at the resistance trailer uh, you know that thing's had so many thumbs down there were people commenting on other YouTubers that I watched saying oh I gave it a thumbs down without even watching it because of last Jedi how fair is that you know Um, so with Solo Solo wasn't in my opinion Solo wasn't a bad movie it wasn't really high on my list but it was eh, it was a movie you know so I get where they were coming from with it and, and you know and there are certain parts of it I absolutely loved you're the cameo you're talking about holy crap blew my freaking mind you know um so that cameo I believe was the beginning of a new story arc for that character everything else with that character had already been wrapped up and resolved Every other uh, story arc that that character was involved in was wrapped up. So I think that was the beginning of a new story arc uh, for for us to slowly get the details to, right? And I think the way that it was going to go, I think what they had planned was a solo film, a Lando film, and then maybe something else. Like, I, I don't want to say Obi-Wan, but something else along the lines of, like, the underworld, right, that... Uh, maybe brought that whole thing full circle and you'd have this little trilogy of like, you know, uh, the underworld smugglers trilogy, but throughout it all, you would have this subplot, this underlying subplot of that character. I don't want to give it away. I know most people already know about it, but I don't want to give it just in case you don't know. But I think that character is supposed to have a subplot throughout all three films. I think that's what it was supposed to be, but now we're not going to get it. So is there going to be a solo two? I doubt it very seriously. Um, and and is that story going to carry on in a book? I don't know because a lot of the people who, I mean, essentially boycotted Solo because they didn't like Last Jedi, a lot of those people have the attitude, why should I have to read a book to get the story? You know, I, it, a lot of people have that opinion. I'm not one of them. I, you know, I don't think you're one of them. But would I like to see a book continuing that particular subplot or that character's arc? Yeah, I'd love to see that. That's something I would absolutely kill to see, um, you know, because I can't get enough of that character. It would be absolutely great, especially in that time period and that setting with those characters, you know, and those events happening. It'd be absolutely awesome. Now, as far as what you said with the uh, trailers misleading, I can kind of see that a little bit. The trailers kind of led on that. I don't know. The, 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 the You're right. The trailers did let on that it was going to be kind of a different film than what we got i think a lot of that had to do with 
you know, editing changes last minute. You know, I don't think it necessarily had anything to do with the directors changing because that was I was way earlier in the process before we even got a trailer. But it makes you wonder what what parts of that were Lord Miller and what part of it was Ron Howard. But you're you're right. The trailer did mislead a little bit. It made the train heist seem to be like the main heist that was happening in the movie. You know, the we knew the Kessel Run was going to be in there. We just didn't know in what context it was going to happen. You know, the Kessel Run wasn't even what I was expecting at all. You know, you know, it's just some things that are didn't really go the way that they kind of portrayed that they were going to go. Um, but still, it's one of those things where you know, it's been a while since I watched the solo trailers. I might go back and rewatch them and and you know and kind of compare them. To the film, I mean, the film comes out on Blu-ray, you know, in a couple weeks. I've only seen Solo once. I'll say that much. I've only seen Solo one time, so I really need to watch it again and, and kind of keep an eye out for certain things and stuff to kind of get the flow of the film again. But, but yeah, I, I I'm right there with you. I I do feel I don't feel like you're wrong on that. I feel like the trailers were misleading. Um, but as far as the Solo two, I doubt that's going to happen. If they're going to carry on that story, they're going to do a Darth Maul novel at some point. I'm almost willing to bet we're going to get, well, I guess I just gave it away, didn't I? I'm sorry, everybody who didn't know about that for however many, you know, however few of you there are. Uh, but I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a Darth Maul novel somewhere down the road. Uh, I, I, but I, it's, I think it's going to be a little while before we get it. But thanks for the question, Jack. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number three this week comes from Mason Sellers. Mason says, what's up with the dislikes on the Resistance trailer? That's insane. Uh, I mean, I get why people don't like it, but that bad, really? What are your thoughts? For those of you that don't know, uh, thanks for the question, by the way, Mason. For those of you that don't know, the the trailer for Resistance dropped, which is uh, Dave Filoni's new animated series. And if you look at the likes on it, it's like 11,000 likes and like 70-some-odd thousand dislikes. You know, actually, I haven't looked at it in a while. Hang on, I'm going to look at it real quick. But it's it's almost mind-boggling how badly it's hated. You know, hang on, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see here. Uh, on Disney's YouTube channel, it has... Okay, so it's it's different now. Wow, it's actually worse. Okay, so right as of the moment of this recording, the trailer, the first look trailer for Star Wars Resistance has 1.4 million views. And out of those 1.4 million views, plus some, because, you know, we've got people liking and disliking without even watching it 12,481 thumbs up and 120,584 dislikes literally 10 times more dislikes than likes literally let that sink in literally 10 times more dislikes than likes that is insane all right that is that's crazy. That's that's worse than even the the uh, Ghostbusters answer the call trailer, and that was a huge deal. Like that pissed a lot of people off. This is insane, and I think a lot of it. Look, I am I hyped for Resistance? Personally, no, I'm not. I haven't liked or disliked this trailer on on YouTube. It's I'm I'm not hyped for. It. It's just I think if how how should I put it? I don't think it's what a lot of us thought it was going to be. I think a lot of us thought it was going to be in the veins of a Clone Wars or Rebels, you know, which, granted, were also children's shows, but they got dark. You know, Rebels killed some people off. Clone Wars killed some people. They got really dark for animated series. So, 
I don't see that happening in Resistance, especially since Resistance takes place six months before Force Awakens. How long could this possibly run? You know, before it starts running into Force Awakens. Uh, but I'm not really like super stoked for Resistance, but I cannot believe that 120,000 people dislike this trailer when only 12,000 people give it a thumbs up. That's insane. You know, and, and like, I, and like I said, I think it's because people thought it was going to be something different. To me personally, it doesn't look or feel like Star Wars to me. It's too colorful. You see jumpsuits you've never seen before. You know, it's kind of too hooray. And you know, it's going to be one of those things where at the end of every episode, it's, well, kids, what did we learn? You know, and, and it's, it's God, man, like I really was hoping Resistance was going to be something you know, that kind of was the sequel series to Rebels, because of the way, or to, yeah, to Rebels, because of the way Rebels left off, right, so it's, it, I don't want to say I'm, sh I'm surprised, because I'm not, but at the same time, I'm, I'm surprised that it's that, you know, unbalanced, it's, it's crazy, so, I just, I don't think Resistance is going to do that well, to be completely honest, I see it going for maybe, uh, you know, a season, maybe two, and I, and I see it, it shutting off. The only reason I'm even remotely hyped for Resistance is because of Dave Filoni. Because of what he's done with Clone Wars. Because he's what he's done with Rebels. Dave Filoni, everything he touches turns to gold. You know, even with Rebels, we thought there were filler episodes in Rebels. There were no filler episodes. It eventually all came back full circle. Everything mattered. Even the Space Whales. Uh, the only thing that didn't matter was the Puffer Pigs. Could have done without those, you know, but we, I digress. It, Dave Filoni, I trust Dave Filoni. And I trust that this is going to have some good story elements to it. It's just the format that it's in, I'm not sure is going to go over well with fans. You know, and fans are saying that they hate, you know, it shouldn't be that childish. Well, we've got the Freemaker Adventures for children, you know. we. Why can't we have another TV show for children? Why not? Why does everything have to be for the adults? Why can't we have something that is for the younger generations, you know? I don't mind that it's... For the younger generation, I just wish they'd have told us that from the get-go. Hey, guys, you might want to, you know, put the brakes on your expectations. Put about put them through the windshield, you know, because this isn't going to be what you think it's going to be. I feel like they should have done that. And had they done that and then this came out, I wouldn't have had that big of an issue with it. Uh, but this trailer is not what I was expecting. So, um, I don't know what's up with the dislikes, though. I mean, Star Wars fans, look, you got to look. I, I'm not going to speak for all Star Wars fans, but... From my point of view, from my opinion, Star Wars fans are a very volatile bunch. It's it's a chemical mixture where if you shake it up too freaking much, it's going to explode. You know, and you got to walk this fine line. No, you're never going to please everybody. Keep that in mind. You're never going to please everybody. So you just do what you do. But you don't want to shake the fan base up to the point where you start having boycotts on films like you did with Solo, where you start having, you know, 10 times more dislikes on a trailer for a kid's show by adults than you do likes. Like, that's that says a lot about Star Wars fans, you know? That we, we should have kids having stuff. It should all be for us. That says a lot about us, doesn't it? If you're one of the people that dislike that trailer, I don't blame you, but at least dislike it for the right reasons. That, that That's all I ask. At least, at least boycott a film for the right reasons, you know, at least, at least say, you know, somebody doesn't deserve an award for the right reasons, nobody is doing it for the right reasons, so I, I don't know what's going on with it, and, and I guess the future of Resistance is kind of up in the air at this point, I don't know, so, uh, 
Guys, let me know on whatever comment section it is, whatever format you're listening to this podcast. Let me know in the comment section or email me at StarWarsCanonLibrary at gmail.com. Let me know what you guys thought of the Resistance trailer. Uh, it's it's one of those things that, man, it's, there's you either like it or you don't, you know? So let me know what you guys think. Question number four this week comes from Jamie Parrish. And Jamie says, hey, Brian, is there any reason at all right now that the Legends, quote-unquote, Old Republic stuff couldn't be made canon. I really love those books and would love to see the return of Darth Bane uh, and Darth Revan to canon. Loving the new podcast. Keep up what you're doing. Uh, thanks for the question, Jamie. And and first off, uh, I'm, I'm going to address something you, you said in the email first. First off, Darth Bane is canon now. Uh, the novels are not canon, but the character itself is canon at this point. He's been uh, reintroduced into Clone Wars in some of the last episodes of Clone Wars that we have uh, at this point in the Lost Missions. Uh, and, and and so the character himself, Bane, uh, is canon, which, by the way, he was voiced by Mark Hamill. Fun trivia fact, but as far as Revan goes, and remember, those Darth Bane books are not canon. Just the fact that he created the Rule of Two and that he did exist. But as far as Revan goes, he's not canon yet that we know of. There's there's a kind of a up in the air frame from a five issue run called Obi-Wan and Anakin that came out a couple years ago that's got one frame in it that kind of looks like a hologram of Darth Revan, but there's been no confirmation to it. Some people look at it and go, holy crap, that's Revan. And some people look at it and go, no, nah, that doesn't look anything like him. So it's kind of in the air. It probably isn't, but it's it's fun to speculate on. As far as Revan being canon, he's going to be canon at some point. I guarantee it. Just It's a matter of time uh, before Revan is made canon. And I feel like, look, they brought Thrawn back, which was a fan favorite from the EU, from the Legends. Why? They know. They know fans are clamoring for Revan. We're going to get Revan at some point. But as far as the books go, you ask if they could be made canon. As of right this moment, with what we know, because they, fan- they, they may have plans for a canon Old Republic that we don't officially know about yet. So as of right now, with the way canon stands as it is, and with what we know, no, there's no reason whatsoever that Old Republic cannot be made canon. They could come out tomorrow and say that the Old Republic novels and legends, all of them from uh, Dawn of the Jedi up through, you know, let's say uh, Darth Plagueis. There's no reason whatsoever they can't come out and say everything that happened right there is canon. You know, and that would include a lot of books. You know, that's Lost Tribes of the Sith. That's, you know, the Old Republic novels like Deceived, you know, and and, and Fatal Alliance, Annihilation. And, you know, that includes Red Harvest, you know, Night Errant, which wasn't really great. But, you know, and the Darth Bane trilogy, it does include all of that. So there's no reason they couldn't come out and say that, yes, that's canon. And I think they know fans want it, but there's a reason they haven't made it canon yet. There is a reason. There has to be a reason. They have plans for the Old Republic. And I think those plans have already been cemented, but we just don't have an official, uh, you know, official, uh, I'm sorry, an official announcement yet. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see the Darth Bane trilogy made canon. You know, I'm happy that the character himself is actually canon, but if they came out tomorrow and said that that trilogy is canon, it's going on my canon shelf right now. Like, the moment, and I'll get the hardback editions when they re-release them and replace my paperbacks. I will do it. That those That's my favorite EU trilogy is Darth Bane. Uh, and Revan, if they came out and made Revan canon, there, uh, then that leaves speculation. Well, is Knights of the Old Republic canon? You know, so I, I think the only reason they haven't touched on it is because they have a plan. 
We're going to know what that plan is before long. I don't think it's going to be too much longer before they start dropping some stuff about that, which I think, I think they've already kind of dipped their toes in the water a little bit. I think that's what the Dr. Afro comic was meant to be. It was kind of a test to see if we wanted Old Republic stuff. Because think about it. If, if, if you've read Dr. Afro, you know that they use that character, because she's an archaeologist, they use that character to kind of introduce some ancient Jedi stuff, you know, these ancient Jedi orders, you know, and stuff like that. I, I think that's what she was originally meant for, was to kind of dip our toes in the water, let us know, hey, yes, stuff happened, it's coming, don't worry about it, you know, so, and I and love or hate the Dr. Aphra comic, if you ask Christopher Stolle, he hates the Dr. Aphra comic, he can't stand it, not his thing, you know, I don't mind it, I'm having some fun reading it, but I think... They've got a plan for Old Republic. So I think we just need to sit back, take it in stride, take it as they give it to us. Someday they're going to drop this big bombshell announcement at a celebration, you know, somewhere that, yes, Old Republic is coming back. So keep an eye out for that. Keep your fingers crossed. You know, every day we're we're a day closer to it. So here's the hoping, right? Uh, Thanks for the question, Jamie. Question number five this week comes from Aaron Coffin. And Aaron says, uh, I love Cad Bane, one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever. My question is, do you think we'll see him again? And if so, how would you like to see it go down? Thanks for the question, Aaron. Uh, hey, hey, Ron. Uh, yeah, dude, Cad Bane. I absolutely love Cad Bane. For the longest time, Boba Fett, I was one of those guys. I jumped on the bandwagon. Boba Fett was my favorite character, my favorite bounty hunter, bar none, right? As I've grown up and I've watched Clone Wars and, you know, my mentality on certain things have changed a little bit. I kind of take a step back and, and analyze things a little differently now. I can tell Boba Fett's a very overrated character. Uh, but with Cad Bane, when Cad Bane came, came along, I was like, holy crap, this guy's awesome. You know, he's complex. He's, he's got style. You know, he's, he's a memorable character. Uh, yeah, and he's definitely one of my, he's, he is my favorite bounty hunter at this point. Do you think we'll see him again? Uh, Well, we've already seen him pop up again in the Darth Maul five-issue run we got pre-Phantom Menace, which that was before Clone Wars, obviously, but Cad Bane popped up in that. He had a mission with Darth Maul. And then I think Aura Singh was in that also, if I remember right. I think she was. Uh, But would I like to see him pop up again? Yeah, absolutely. And, And if so, how would I like to see it go down? Okay, with the Star Wars comic, right? The Star Wars comic right now is happening between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. And the more that story goes on, the more you can tell we're getting closer and closer to Empire Strikes Back. I don't know what's going to happen once that story butts up against that particular film. Time will tell. But as of right now, there's one thing I'm itching to see in the comic that was mentioned in them in The Empire Strikes Back that has yet to happen. And it's, you know, going back to a scene I was mentioning earlier with Han and Leia arguing. She, uh, Leia tells Han, you know, I thought you had decided to stay. And he says, well, the bounty, the bounty hunter we ran into on Ord Mandel changed my mind. We haven't seen that happen yet. We haven't seen them go to Ord Mandel. We haven't seen a bounty hunter pop up. I want to know what that story is. And if it's going to happen, it has to happen in this Star Wars comic. It has to happen. And personally, I would love to see that bounty hunter be Cad Bane. I would love, because then, you know, when you watch Empire and, and Han mentions the bounty hunter, you know that's his on-screen, you know, mention of Cad Bane. That's him acknowledging Cad Bane existed. I would love to see Cad Bane pop back up, uh, you know, in in the comic like that. You know, and I think that's the only way we're ever going to see him again. We, we might see him in a novel. I don't think we're going to see him live action, though. We, we might see him in a novel. You know, we'll probably, it's probably going to be a comic before anything. But yeah, I would love to see that story 
where Cad Bane picks up the contract on Solo from Jabba and goes after him on Ord Mendel. And he, God, that'd be so cool. And, you know, could that be Cad Bane's swan song? Could that be the end of him? You know, it may or may not be. You know, it depends on how you want to handle the character. Hell, even, yeah, I was going to say you could do something to him like you did with Boba Fett, but then it just seems like a cop-out copy, you know, where we don't know if he's alive right now or not. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Cad Bane. I'd love to see him come back, but I'd love to see him pop up in that way. That is my... Oh God, that that's that's my one wish for the Star Wars comic right now. If we keep going on the Star Wars comic and it does, and it, you know, it finally gets up to Empire and it doesn't butt up against, or it, you know, if it butts up against Empire and it doesn't tell that story, I'm going to be highly pissed off. I, I I'm going to you're going to hear me rant for the first time about a Star Wars comic and I'm going to go off the chain. So because it can canonically it has to be there, it has to happen. So uh, thanks, Aaron, for the question. Thank you for being a follower, brother. I do appreciate it. We got two more questions for this week. Question number six comes from Kent Summerhold. And Kent says, uh, So excited for episode nine. Everything we've heard as far as casting goes, set photos, and returning characters has got me so pumped. I had my issues with The Last Jedi, but I'm one of those rare few that actually understands it's the second film in a trilogy, so I'm going so I'm going easy on it until I see episode nine. First off, for the record, what are your thoughts on The Last Jedi? And second... Do you think episode nine will deliver? Do you think it will reunite the fan base? Thanks for everything you do, man. Big fan. Thank you, Kent, for the question. Uh, thanks for being a follower, brother. Um, episode nine. Okay, well, first off, let's let's start uh, with your first part of your question, The Last Jedi. I catch so much crap from people commenting on videos on Facebook with emails, people telling me that I'm just at, I'm I'm just a, a, a starry-eyed fanboy. And, and I have biased opinions because I like The Last Jedi. I get that all the time. And I don't care. You know, I'm not going to change my opinion to jump on some bandwagon and hate on a movie that I actually really didn't mind. You know, I I went into Last Jedi with extreme expectations like all of us did. And I came out with, you know, I, I laughed, I cried. You know, it was, it was one of those films that... and. and God, love it or hate it, that Yoda scene in Last Jedi gets me every single time I watch Last Jedi. Every single time it pops up with Yoda and, you know, you hear him say, Young Skywalker, and you hear that Yoda theme start to... I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I love that scene so much because that was my Yoda. That was the Yoda I grew up with with the classic trilogy. It wasn't this abomination of a puppet they used in Phantom Menace. It wasn't a digital Yoda. It was my Yoda, you know, so... Uh, I, I, I like The Last Jedi. I can see why people didn't. I can see, you know, like uh, Christopher Stolle, he didn't like the Canto Bite stuff. I can see why he didn't like the Canto Bite stuff. You know, it was only like 10 minutes of the film. Literally, it was like 10 minutes and 21 seconds. I think I timed it uh, of Canto Bite. But it, it, could it have done without it? Yeah, probably. But I still appreciated the film for what it was, you know. Um, so I, I, I didn't mind Last Jedi. Uh, and the second part of your question, do you think episode nine will deliver? Damn, it better. It better deliver. You've got to look, Lucasfilm, you have got a fan base right now that is split. I you, You've got people boycotting movies because they didn't like the last one that came out. You've got people, you know, disliking the trailer for your next animated series that isn't even out yet. You know, 10 times more dislikes than your likes. You've got people, you know, calling for Kathleen Kennedy's head on a platter, you know, and her job to be completely, you know, dissolved. You've got, 
people crying for Ryan Johnson's trilogy to be canceled, which is still happening, by the way, whether you want to accept it or not, it's still happening. Uh, you know, you, you've, you've got a fan base that no matter what you do at this point, you're not going to please them. Episode nine could be balls to the wall, epic, awesome. It could be the greatest film ever. It is this going to happen? No, it could be empire strikes back. And people are still going to to complain about it and say, oh, God, they ruined it. No matter what you do, Lucasfilm, you're going to have people saying that. So you might as well go balls to the wall, pull all the stops, roll the golden dice, and just make the film you're going to make. Do I think it's going to deliver it better? Uh, like, Like Jamie Holbeach said earlier, it's supposed to combine all three trilogies. What I think that means personally... I think we're going to see a force ghost of Anakin pop up at some point. Maybe Obi-Wan. I, I, we thought Obi-Wan was going to be an eight and we were really, really wrong about that. But personally, I, I, I think we're going to see Anakin pop up. Well, I think we're going to see a lot of references to stuff that happened in the uh, prequels, you know, with Vader. And, you know, especially with Kylo kind of on on the journey he's on, I, you know, trying to become the next Darth Vader. I think he's going to try to take some cues from what happened in the prequels to Anakin. And, and, and try to follow that path. So, yeah, we're I think we're definitely going to get some stuff in Episode 9 that, that touches on everything. But think about what you're doing here with Episode 9, right? Right now, Episode 9 is set for a six-month shoot. They started filming on, on uh, August 1st, and they're supposed to wrap up in February. That's six months of filming. That's a hell of a shoot for a Star Wars film. That's not necessarily enough for two films back-to-back, but it's more than what a normal film shoot is. So, could they be getting ready to just do the most unexpected thing and give us the longest Star Wars film ever, the most epic balls-to-the-wall Star Wars film ever. They could be. There's a lot of stuff they got to cover in this film. You've got to wrap up storylines that you've had going for, you know, two films already. You've got to wrap up storylines that you introduced in the last film. You've got to maybe fix some stuff that pissed off fans in the last film or in the last two films. You know, you've got stuff that you might want to retcon from, you know, the prequels or the classic trilogy, you know, stuff that, well, not necessarily retcon, but, you know, stuff that you want to explain away, you know, plot holes to fill. You, you've you got one film to do this. If you're not going to split it into episodes 9 and 10, you've got one film to do this. And you've got, you know, let's just say they go and do a just for argument's sake, let's say they make a three-hour Star Wars film, which I would lose my mind over a three-hour Star Wars film. This is supposed to be the end of the Skywalker saga. This is the end of a nine-film arc. All right, Solo and Rogue One were not part of the Skywalker arc. This is the end of a nine-film arc. You have got to seriously do some damage control because personally, I like The Last Jedi, but you do have fans out there that didn't like it. You've got stuff to fix. You've got stuff to, you know, you're going to introduce us to new characters still in episode nine. You know, you've got to leave it open so that somewhere down the road, if you feel like you want to do 10, 11 and 12, there's a story to be told there. You know, there's so much episode nine has to do and it has to deliver on every single point. Now, is it going to be as good as the Empire Strikes Back? No. Is it going to be as good as Rogue One? I It might be. I don't know. I like Rogue One. I love Rogue One. But you really got to do something to really touch the classic trilogy. You really have to do that. You, in order, Jesus Christ, I can already hear it. No matter how good this movie is, fans are going to complain about something. So just pull out all the stops, make the movie you want to make, and just roll with it, right? 
Now, if episode nine is going to be one film, then take a break between nine and ten. For the love of God, if if you're not going to break the last film into two into two movies, which I hope to God they don't do, because the first film will be all lead up and nobody and everybody will say it sucks and everybody will boycott ten. Well, everybody might boycott nine for for what it's worth anyway. But for the love of God, if you make episode nine one film, whether everybody loves it or hates it, whether it's well received or not so well received, it doesn't matter. Take a damn break between episodes nine and ten. If you ever decide to go back and do episode ten, focus on Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Get it right. Focus on Benioff and Weiss's series. Get it right, all right? So, I mean, you've got three films coming from Ryan Johnson. They announced the trilogy. Then you've got a series of films coming from Benioff and Weiss, which if it was going to be three films, I feel like they would have called it a trilogy. So, to me, a series is four films or more, right? So, that's seven more movies that we've already got in the pipeline, eight counting episode nine. But if you after episode nine, we've got seven films in the work. Focus on those. Get those right. All right, so Ryan Johnson's going to be working on another uh, project before he starts on his trilogy. Uh, so that gives us time for Benioff and Weiss to get their first film out. And and remember, I called this back this past summer. They were going to do a Benioff and Weiss film, and then the next year they're going to do a Ryan Johnson film. The next year they're going to do Benioff and Weiss. The next year is going to be a Ryan Johnson film. They're going to do that unless by some chance they go to two films a year. God, I hope they don't do it. I I I. I, I, I First, I was hoping to God they would. Now, no, don't do it. If Let the saga films breathe. Don't give us episode 10 yet. Build up anticipation for that, you know? Don't necessarily leave 9 on a cliffhanger and then make us wait 7, 8 years for the next film, but leave it open. There's, there's a way you can leave it open, not so much on a cliffhanger, right? So, focus on those two uh series the the trilogy and the and the series focus on those stay the hell away from episode 10 until after Benioff and Weiss's last film comes out then start talking about episode 10 don't have it in production by the time that film's over don't even start working on it until after we've got the Benioff and Weiss series under our belts and the and the Ryan Johnson trilogy don't even start working on it yet and when you do it look it, it, for anybody who listens to uh breaking the fourth wall with Chris Dolly and, and I on Realm of the Mist. I, I said a while back we were talking about Ryan Johnson uh, still doing this trilogy. And the way we feel like they should have handled this trilogy. And and the way, I, the, me personally, this is the way I, I feel like they should have done it. You know, we've you, you sit down. You get the writers in the room. You sit down. And you come up with this massive story for the next trilogy. This is what you need to do with 10, 11, and 12. Okay? Come up with a massive story. This is where we're at at the end of episode nine. This is what the galaxy, the state of the galaxy was in. This is where our heroes were. This is who lived. This is who died. This is where we're at. This is what we have to work with. This is where we are. This is where we need to get to. This is the end point. This is what needs to happen. This is where the galaxy needs to be by the time this trilogy is over. This is the characters we need to have. This is where we need to be. So everything in between, write out that entire story. Okay, not necessarily the script, but write out the entire story, beginning to end, beginning, middle, end, all of it, all three movies worth. Get your three directors in the same damn room. Sit them down, tell them, this is what we're doing. 
This is the story we're trying to tell. One of you will be in charge of this one. One of you will be in charge of this one. One of you will be in charge of this one. This is what you need to do. When episode 10 is being made, right? And I, I don't want to throw names out there because I we don't know who's going to direct them. But you take the director for episode 10. He works closely. With, you know, have each director already sit down and start working on their films as a whole. All right? Treat it almost, almost like you're treating the whole trilogy as one big film, but a different director is doing the beginning, middle, and end of it, okay? Treat it that way, if you will. Don't give each director their own, like, freedom like you did Ryan Johnson or, you know, even what you were going to do with Colin Trevorrow. But set them down, have all three directors involved in episode 7, but have the, or I'm sorry, in episode 10, but have the main director for 10 be the main director for 10 with input from 8, or from, I keep wanting to go back to this trilogy, from 11 and 12. Then, once you release 10, or not not even necessarily release 10 yet, but get 10 done, get it shot, immediately go to number 11, sit down with that director, go based off of what you did with 10, have input from, you know, episode 10 director and episode 12 director helping the episode 11 director, get that film in the can and do the same thing with 12 with input from all three directors, and then sit down, edit all of these films, try to figure out what's going to work with what, You know, don't just do scenes by the seat of your pants. Don't retcon what each other's doing. Sit down and say, okay, well, because you did that in this movie, I'm going to do that in this movie. And because I'm doing this in this movie, you can do that in that movie. You know, and well, you know, because you're doing that in this movie, this isn't going to work in mine. So let's not do that. But because this is working in mine, let's not do that in yours. You know what I mean? Sit down and make it a group freaking effort and give us a trilogy that is worthy of the Star Wars name, which personally I think 7, 8, and 9 are, are, by the time 9 comes out, I think it's going to be worthy, but give us a trilogy that no matter what kind of Star Wars fan you are, you can sit down and go, well, at least they freaking tried. You know, whether you like it or not, at least they gave it their all. I, th- I think that's the technique they need to go with. And then release the films one year apart from each other. You know, don't do this two-year thing in between. You know, you know, one year, episode 10, next year, episode 11, next year, episode 12. I think that's the way it needs to be. Do each trilogy as its own story, if you're even going to do trilogies anymore. I don't know that we're going to, but um, that's the way I think they need to handle that. So um, I kind of went off on a rant there and, and kind of went way off the rails from what your question was. But um, do I think it's going to reunite the fan base, the episode 9 we're about to get? Man, I freaking hope so. I'm so. There are times that I look on social media and I'm embarrassed to be a Star Wars fan. There are times because hell, there was even one time I was commenting on something about Ryan Johnson. I was defending him, and somebody said, "Oh God, you're one of those people that just hates Star Wars, even though you say you love it. You're not a real fan." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I love the movie. Like, what are you? I, I. So I just. And that was immediately after the film came out. Right when like emotions were raw with Star Wars fans, right? We're kind of tapered off at this point, but at that point, emotions were like raw. Nerves were exposed, you know? The wound was still fresh for some people. Um, So I'm hoping it does reunite the fan base. I'm hoping when episode nine comes out, people go back and rewatch episode eight and go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'm hoping that a lot of people will have the courage and the... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, I don't know. I'm hoping people will have the balls to come forward and say, well, crap, I was wrong. You know, so get the whole story. You know, maybe nine will come out and I'll look at episode eight and go, well, eight doesn't make any sense. That might happen, you know, but just wait until the whole trilogy is done before you start bashing Last Jedi. So uh, thank you for the question, though, Kent. I do appreciate it. And the last question this week, we've already been going for well over an hour, but the last question this week comes from Alexander Cummings. 
And Alexander says, so did everyone just forget about the Knights of Ren? Uh, I thought for sure we'd see them again in episode eight, but we weren't, but they weren't even mentioned like at all. When do you think they're going to pop up again? And will we see them in action? Thanks for taking my question. No problem, Alexander. Uh, Great question. I was really thinking we were going to see some stuff from the Knights of Ren and eight. And you're right. They weren't mentioned once, not a single time were they mentioned. the only time they were ever mentioned at all was in seven, the holographic Snoke uh, conversation with, with Kylo Ren. That was the only time they've ever been mentioned, but the only other time you we've seen them once in the force awakens. And it was during Ray's flashback scene or flash forward scene, whatever it was both during her force vision. During that vision, we saw the past. We saw, you know, her on Bespin. We saw the destruction of Luke's temple. You know, we saw her being left on Jakku we, we, you know, we, we saw all these things, but we also saw the future. We saw the forest on Starkiller base and Kylo being there, but there's one scene we haven't seen yet in any film yet that we don't know exactly where it goes. And it's the scene with the Knights of Ren where Kylo saves Ray's life. We presume he's saving her life, but we haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen them in the pouring rain on some planet with lightning all around him, with some temple in the background, with the Knights of Ren, Kylo with a lightsaber, with his helmet, which is destroyed, by the way, which, granted, we thought was destroyed at the end of Force Awakens, too. We thought it blew up a Starkiller, but he had it in eight. But we don't know where that scene takes place. I'm assuming it takes place in the future. But, you know, to quote Yoda, the future is always in motion, or I'm sorry, always in motion the future is. Anything could change, you know? I mean, it's maybe J.J. had a plan for that. Maybe he didn't. Maybe it was something that he was like, I'm going to throw this. We don't know about certain details of whether he had a plan for it or not, you know? Do I hope we see the Knights of Ren? Oh, God, yeah. Do I hope we see that scene? Yeah, not necessarily in that detail. Because, like, think about the way Disney likes to handle flashbacks and flash forwards and stuff like that. Okay, uh, um, uh, Let me think of an example. Um, like, like, uh, like in the Marvel Universe, right? In Avengers Age of Ultron, Tony Stark has this vision. Now, granted, Scarlet Witch gave it to him, but Tony Stark has this vision of this platform floating in space. Everybody's dead on it. You know, Cap's dead, Hawkeye's dead, Widow's dead, Hulk's dead. They're all dead, right? And you, you've you got this weird, like, uh, layout, like, where they're laying on these, like, almost like steps. And he had this vision. It's all dark and blue and everything. And then you fast forward to Infinity War, and the exact spot where... Thanos and Tony have their one-on-one fight where that fight ends is the exact spot from age of Ultron where, uh, he had that vision. Now the lighting was different. The coloring was different, but you could tell that was the same location that was on Titan. So could they do something like that with, you know, the vision from force awakens where maybe it wasn't raining when that happened, you know, or maybe it was a different planet or maybe, he didn't have the mask on when it actually happens in the future or, you know, something like that. Details can change, you know, just because you have a vision of something that like Luke had this vision of, uh, you know, Han and Leia on Bespin and he couldn't see the end of it because the future was always in motion. So things change, you know, just because you see the future now doesn't mean that's what's going to happen, you know. So, you know, there's there's a lot to take in with that. And as far as the Knights of Rengo, yeah, I think we're going to see him in action. I think that's going to be one of the biggest action sequences in Episode Nine, bringing the Knights of Ren onto the full screen and actually seeing them in person. And personally, I think they're the Jedi that Kylo took from the temple. Because we don't know 
how many students Luke actually had. Because if you look at the, the burning temple, there's quite a few dead students in front of the temple. But he says he took a handful of my students and ran, which means he didn't necessarily kidnap them. That just means they went with him. You know, maybe they were like, hey, don't kill us. We'll go with you. Maybe they became the Knights of Ren. Who knows? You know, I mean, in the vision, we didn't see them all with lightsabers, but that doesn't mean anything, you know. So it, it's interesting to think about. I And yeah, I wish we'd have seen at least or at least heard a mention of them in episode eight, you know, but sadly we didn't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping we do. Uh, and, uh, Hey, Alexander, thank you for being a follower, man. I hope that answers your question guys. That's going to do it for this episode of the star Wars Canon podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, make sure to check out the website for the Canon library at a star Wars We've got a complete chronological timeline there of all the cana- uh, canonical events, cover art for every novel, comic, film, and television show, as well as a list of upcoming Canon that you can find there. There's also a contact us page. You can email us from there. Make sure to check out the Canon Podcast website, StarWarsCanonPodcast.com. Maybe you already checked it out. Maybe that's where you're listening to this at. That is the main home of this podcast. Make sure to check out the Facebook page as well. Every month we do live Q&As and we give away a little something at the end of it. This past month we gave away a copy of Thrawn Alliances uh, to one lucky viewer. So make sure to tune in for those. Find us on Facebook. Give us a like so you know when those uh, videos are coming. Also, make sure to check out the Patreon page as well for more exclusive content like the after shows, novel discussions, Jedi issues, which I'm going to be uh, beginning very soon. We're going to be talking nothing but Star Wars comics. Uh, keep an eye out for that. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at SW Canon Library. I haven't been very active on the Twitter, but I'm going to change that now, uh, getting these episodes put on there and, and talking some Star Wars news on there. Make sure to su- uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel for this podcast, non-spoiler reviews and reaction videos. And if you want to get your question on the Canon podcast, simply email it to us at StarWarsCanonLibrary at gmail.com. Don't forget that we are going to be selling dog tags very soon with the uh, Millennium Falcon Star Wars Canon library logo on them and all the proceeds to that will be going to the wounded warrior projects it's a great cause as a former soldier myself uh, it means a lot to me and it's something that i'm very passionate about so we're going to be having those on sale very soon on starwarscanonlibrary.com keep an eye out for that i'll let you guys know on social media when those go uh on sale so like i said they're going to be five dollars uh and all of that's going to wounded warrior so keep an eye out for that guys guys and gals i've had a great time hanging with you this week so until next week This is Brian signing off from the Star Wars Canon Podcast, and may the Force be with you.